Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, well, first, first thing I, uh, I absolutely love the fans here. Genuinely, they are, uh, they're, they're seriously so unique. They're one of a kind. It's like, um, it's like everyone is just such a diehard Islander fan. I love it, and feel, we feel the support, and I feel I've felt the support the last six years. And I think if it was different, maybe my mindset uh, would have been different through these negotiations. But seriously, like I, I, they've given me so much love and support, and. Um. Yeah, like it, that. That's that plays a huge part in it. So uh, I can definitely say that the fans, being so supportive and and whatnot, have uh, really wanted me to stay here and win for them. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me, as always, is my friend Michael Leboff. And as you all heard off the top of the show, uh, we've got some big news to talk about. It's uh, Matt Barzell. And he signed an eight-year contract extension with the team this morning, uh, completely derailing our plan. No, I'm just kidding. He's, he, he didn't totally derail our plan for a uh, uh, to look around the other the NHL. We're going to do that in the second half. But the first half, we're going to talk about Barzell's contract. And uh, I know you and I are of the same mind here, Mike, and that this is good, basically, <laughs> is where we came out on this. Yeah, this is a great day to be an Islander. Um, I think, you know, you know, the last time we spoke, we were talking about his interview tour with 32 thoughts and uh just like gen- just generally when he would pop up in the media like when training camp opened it all sounded positive like it sounded he sounded like a player who was getting towards the finish line of a of a deal like this uh but let's be honest like for for you and me and everyone listening to the show 
we've we've been hurt before so mm-hmm. so in a weird way because in that episode that we, we were talking about how because of uh you know just how good barzell is and, and you and i and a lot of islander fans like we we, we do tr- tend to really gravitate to towards folk heroes and cult heroes and uh, you know, not the star guys because they're, they're easy, you know, like everyone loves Bar- Matt Barzell around the league. Um, but I think part of that, you know, dawned on me today when I was walking Elvis after we the deal was announced was that I think part of the reason maybe we do or have. I don't want to say taken for granted because we don't uh, take him for granted at all, but like mm-hmm. maybe not given him the. The respect that, or shine that he's due is because we've been hurt before and like you don't almost don't want to fly too close to someone like that because the last time we did uh, he walked down on us mm. so uh a lot of those kind of f- complicated fan emotions felt lifted uh you know you almost feel vindicated it's that a star player chose to resign here um in the post Tavares era and it happened to be the one that you know he didn't that didn't tap his stick when Tavares <laughs> came back. And, uh, you know, he's he's probably the coolest Islander we've had since, I don't know, Ziggy Palfy, Kim mm. Miller, depending on your <laughs> definition of cool. But uh, it, it's, if it, it, you feel, it just feels really good. It's a good day to be an Islander. Um, and, like, I just want to, you know those big, like, Hallmark cards, like, cartoonishly big, yeah. like the size of a person? Right. I just want to get one of those and drop it off at UBS Arena with, you know, a bunch of Islander fans signatures and say like, you know, thanks, thank you, and congratulations on your new deal, Matt and Teddy Bears and stuff. But, um, but the, I think the best part of this whole thing was the way that the f- the the guy who left, like every time he spoke to the media, it was so canned, and and yeah. I kind of joked last time that he might as well just have his publicist answer the questions, whereas this guy like. He didn't go in. He, he like was always. It's not off the cuff because you can't do that. Lou will take you out back. But like, <laughs> he, he, it was as you know. He, you can't color outside the lines on a Lou Lamarillo team, but it's as close as you can get. And like you can tell, like he he yeah. understands. Like the word unique, I think, is the right word to describe Islander fans and the fan base and the franchise. Um, and he gets why. You know, we might not be the biggest fan base, and this might not be the most prestigious hockey team to play for at the end of the day um but he wouldn't trade it for the world because he knows how well he's gonna be treated here Mm. how great it is to live here and um so just the fact that you know and we'll talk like about the kind of reaction to the deal too but just like the fact that it you can almost feel the weight of the world kind of get lifted off of islander fans shoulders and oh yeah and it was this has been like the first good day for this team (laughs) in 11 months maybe so <laughs> it's like it's it's yeah. it's great it's just i'm so happy we love this guy and he loves us back yeah. which is not the case with the other the last time was it Blamarillo said like loyalty is a two-way street uh the last time something kind of like this was going on it was a very one-way street yeah <laughs> oh no definitely yeah definitely uh i mean when when did adam pellick sign that would have been the last good yeah day, pellick and Pollock, like they signed yeah pretty what like days after each other or whatever mm. and um but but yeah like i mean you think of like pellick and, and like anders lee and right nelson even like Aberly when he re-upped and you know those guys i think you can say are just like a tier below yeah barzell um and now that even like the dobson deal but 
you know, that those circumstances were that we kind of knew he was signed. Yeah. For, <laughs> but like this one, like, it just really, it felt, it felt like, Islander fans. I think, you know, we like to tell people that, you know, to, to flip the, the double middles at, at everyone mm-hmm. as maybe more than any franchise. And we got to do it today. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with all of that. They, um, you know, Barzell, we talked about on the, on the last episode, he gets it. And, his his whole media availability today, particularly the part that you heard at the beginning, just just reinforced that. Like the guy just gets it. And, you know, I always look at Islanders fans sort of like fans of the band Rush. Like there are no casuals. You're either a diehard, you're into it, you know every song, every lyric, you own every album, you're singing along, and you you defend them with your life, or you're just not into it. And it's just not your thing. And he said that today, they're all diehards. Those, those were his words exactly. And so um, he gets it, you know, he goes to the bagel shop, he goes to the delis, he, he hears people talking. I'm sure you heard the, a lot of like, Oh, you're going to leave like Tavares. And he's like, no, 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 he wants to stay here. And I tweeted a bunch of stuff before. And one of them was a preemptive FU to Vancouver and Seattle, because your guy is ours now. <laughs> like he's a long Islander. He's no longer from Vancouver. He's no longer a Seattle Thunderbird. He's a Long Islander now, and and he signed this deal. Now this deal, um, so it's an eight year deal, worth I believe seventy four million total, works out to nine point one million per year. Uh, and it, <laughs> the, ca- the cap hit is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I get what everybody's saying. It's nine point one nine one. Yeah, okay, but uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, kicks in next year, so he's still at seven. This is the current deal right now the end of this year it'll kick up to nine nine point one and uh 9.150 actually so and you know it's funny because when it came in and i got a text saying what the number was i was almost like damn that's low like it was not not low but like that's way lower than i think i know i was expecting and i think probably what a lot of other people were expecting too we were thinking more in you know double digits or something now you know whether or not barzell deserves that we'll, we'll get to the, all that stuff in a second but like I was I was shocked. It was like with the Pelic thing. Like he got what? Like he probably could have gotten a lot more if they wanted to squeeze Lou for a certain amount and and that. But I guess you know he wanted it to be fair. He wasn't going to play here for free. Uh, hometown discounts don't really exist unless you're you know 37 years old. Um, but uh, I think this is a great deal. And now you know I most Islanders fans who I've read and, and seen are happy. Again, the weight is lifted is a perfect way to put it too because for us for him for the team it's all of that it's definitely a weight is lifted off there has been quite a bit of you know complaints from outside oh he's only gotten this much you know this many points and he doesn't score as much as he should and you know he was being kept down he's got this that, and the other thing i'm here to tell you that's all bs <laughs> because this guy is means more to this team than just those points if you saw him on that media tour that mike mentioned before he was a gold mine. He's handsome. He's personable. He loves being here. He loves talking about the Islanders. He's a great representative of the team. And it's a lot like Anders Lee when he signed his contract. You know, people made a big deal about how high it was. And, you know, $7 million for this guy. He just scores goals in front of the net. Yeah, but look at what Anders Lee does for this team. The, the way he speaks for this team. The, the charity stuff he does. The way he leads this team. Like, you can't... I, I mean, I say you can't put a price tag on it, but like that stuff all is, is very meaningful. And I, I, I don't take that stuff lightly. I mean that. And a lot of people might roll their eyes and be like, oh, that's kind of stupid. But like the, they'll never understand 
what Barzell means to us. And like, people will never understand what Anders Lee means to us or what, you know, believe it or not, they didn't understand what John Tavares meant to us too <laughs> when he left. And we kept hearing about how great it was that he went back. And it's like, well, not for us, you know, but um, this is a great day. And, and I think that, you know, you could quibble and nitpick his game. Oh, another thing that I find funny too is like, people always say, well, you can't pay a free agent for past performance. But then when they say, oh, we're, we're signing him based on, you know, what we think his ceiling is, they go, well, you can't do that either. Well, then what is it? How, how are you supposed to sign? How are you supposed to evaluate these people? How are you supposed to sign them based on what height? Like your chart. Uh, it's only about the chart. Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors. Like, I don't understand if you can't pay. I get you don't want to pay them for what they've done in the past because they might not do it again. I get that. You don't want to overpay somebody for what they might not. But like, you got to pay them based on something. Like, I don't understand. So. This, to me, is a totally fair deal. It's less than I thought it was going to be. He's getting paid what he should. The Islanders are getting what they need. And, I mean, I just, I don't know. Again, to me, any complaint is just nitpicking. And mm-hmm. and we'll see how it works out this year. Hopefully he gets back to his 80-point you know, form. But even still, like, this guy just means so much to the team that they, they couldn't let him walk away. And they got him for a great price. So there you go. Yeah, I think that the first my first thought after he uh, signed was, just like everyone relief and excitement and then the second (laughs) one was oh i can't wait for the reaction because you just knew exactly like it's like anything else with this team you just know exactly what's coming you you do like it and it and everyone played the hits (laughs) it was like mick jagger Mm. uh, over and over and over again playing satisfaction and um it was there were like a couple people who would like pipe up and be like yeah well you know they're they needed to overpay this isn't the type of team that you know, our Tammy Panarin is going to pick to play for, or mm. Kevin Fiala or Philip Deneau, like they, they need to, like they're not a, a destination yet. So while those bigger market teams have uh, certain advantages just from their prestige and pockets and stuff, the Islanders don't. So Kind of like what the what the Blue Jackets did with like Zach Werenski last summer, and everyone's like, "Wow, I can't believe Zach Werenski got that deal." And like, yeah, but the Blue Jackets need to do it because mm. look how big of a deal it was when Johnny Gaudreau came. What did everyone right. say? Like, great for Columbus that a free agent chose to, to sign there because that's that would be the reaction if the Islanders got someone like that. So, right. um, yeah, I think that a lot of people who from from the outside who who kind of piped up. Uh, and, and made their opinions known kind of told on themselves with like they don't understand just how this i mean we already knew that that like no, they don't understand how this <laughs> kind of franchise works and the fan base works and how we view things and i was i was just really happy with the way islander fans viewed it because we uh, we all know like how it works <laughs> like and everyone's like no I, I i don't really give it i don't really give a shit what you know anybody at the athletic thinks or or anybody who, who's like a chart merchant showing you know reducing reducing these players you know we're supposed to yell at the nhl for not letting these players personality shine through but at the, at the same time i've reduced them to these six numbers and this blob um but uh yeah we're supposed to you know those those people we have to wait on for those people to to, to sling their charts uh before we're allowed to formulate our opinion and get out of here with that we um we know like this is the islanders first line center this is their best first line center they've had in a very long time he's their most exciting player they've had again you can go back to ziggy poffy or kip miller whatever one you want to choose mm. like like this is this is a, a bona fide face of the franchise type player who 
you watch Matt Barzell 82 times a season. I watch Matt Barzell 82 mm-hmm. times a season. We both know how good he is. Like you, you yeah. watch him and you're like, wow, this guy's just did something incredible. And, and sometimes people who are those, you know, slinging those charts will, will like be like, man, like you look at the eye test and it looks like he's a better player than the numbers show. Like, cause he is <laughs> like, you're watching it. Like wow. we know what his numbers are. And like everyone, like we said on the last episode, everyone had a down year on this team last year everybody this guy's been on the right side of six victory handshake lines Mm. for the new york islanders (laughs) like the new york islanders won six playoff series with this guy the islanders won one yeah between 1993 and 2018 or 19 whatever it was yeah so i don't like wouldn't you rather have that guy who's who's got we know has the potential to be a you know jack eichel type or a, a you know those those even like a Gaudreau, I know he plays center, like Gaudreau plays wing, but like th- that kind of playmaker who who can, but he also has the other side of his game now because he was like, yeah, you know what? I like winning more than mm. putting up because he knew at the end of the day what was going to happen. He's going to be very rich from playing hockey because he's that good. Yeah. So like it didn't matter, I guess, if he if he was going to score, you know, back up a Calder Trophy win- season with another 90 point season and then another 95 and whatever. Like he knows how good he is and he, he found a way to make his game work for a team that against the odds, people forget that. Like people treat the Islanders like they were some sort of, you know, bully mm. going into those years. Like the Islanders were the underdog and they made it to the playoffs. They swept the Penguins. Then the next year they went on the bubble run. And then the year after that, they went to the conference final again. Like they, that was an underdog team that had the heartbeat of that team was this guy who, Rather than trying to put the team on his back every night, and some nights he did, and he got in trouble for it, <laughs> like he played a complete game. And I'd rather have that guy and pay that guy than, of you know, that that top line center or you know the even the Johnny Gaudreau type who's yeah he's great he's going to put up a hundred points but does he help you win the game like enough? Does he help you win enough to get through to the playoffs on his own? Like no, I don't think so. Like he's he's a great player, Johnny Gaudreau, but um. I'd rather have this guy who's who's got who's shown that he can and is willing to do the put in the hard miles and, and do kind of the dirty work uh, for a team that needs him to uh, and, and basically begged him to because mm. if, if he didn't like the Islanders wouldn't have worked. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many people who are just going to look at the numbers and, the you know, they're going to come from this every because every every NHL media site is going to say like, oh, who wants to write the Barzell piece? Yeah. overpaid underpaid whatever yeah. someone's gonna raise their hand they're gonna write it and it's all gonna be the same and you're gonna read like oh you had 52 points islanders and take huge risks signing yeah. barzell to big deal like that's it it's, they that's, don't they yeah. know they have all these guys signed to the salary cap yeah. no i don't know maybe they didn't i think people <laughs> act like lou lamarillo is just like walking around like he's got yeah, yeah. like hey guys like i'm gonna sign barzell like to mm. this deal and people are like no 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 you can't <laughs> you're gonna break the they're gonna well, break the salary cap like, my no, favorite my favorite are the people like, well, now he's got to live up to the contract. Like, no shit, coach. Yeah. You think? Like, he doesn't know that he's got to live up to this contract. You think they signed like, hey, Matt, we want to give you $1.9.1 million. Oh, great. I'm going to go golfing. Thanks. You know, like, no, of course not. He knows he's got to live up to the contract. I, I think because he's like a, you know, these flashy players automatically from the outside get painted. It right. happens in soccer a lot. Like, like they're just these kind of, like, they're not team guys. It goes back to like the enigmatic Russian kind yeah. of trope in the, the the dead puck era 
Hmm. Like if you, if you watch this guy, um, there's a soccer player who used to play for Everton. Now he plays for Tottenham. He reminds me of a little bit Richarlison, who like everyone always said that he, he from the outside didn't think like he tried hard. But then you watch him every night. This, like, this guy tries harder than everyone on the team. He's also their <laughs> best player. Like when right. you have that combination of the guy who's working hard and is the best player, it's it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, and and that's another great thing about uh, Barzell's thing too was that he specifically mentioned the guys in the room playing for Lou playing for playing at UBS, playing, you know, practicing at Northwell, like all of these things that are important to him and that he has, he himself enjoys. Like he wouldn't have said these things if he didn't mean them. And, uh, you know, I think that he and Lou have become, I don't know about close, I don't know if close is the word, but like there's definitely a ton of respect there and, and they get it. And Lou, we were joking before, you know, so Barzell's media thing is very energetic and he's, you know, very genuine and he's talking about his love for the, the island, the team, the fans, and everything, and it's great. And then lose media availability. It opens with him saying, "Well, there is no face of the franchise. The logo is the face of the franchise." You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, we've we've heard that song before too. But like Barzell gets it. Like he wouldn't have stayed here if he didn't if he didn't feel the same way. And so, um, yeah, none of these none of these people that are going to write this stuff are going to get it. I mean, does that mean that there aren't flaws in his game and things that could be worked on? No, of course not. I mean, again, he he knows what his point totals have been, but like, he knows better than anybody what his point totals have been the last couple of years. And and sometimes he had a tendency to hold the puck a little bit too long. And I think, you know, we could all agree that he needs like a trigger man or some kind of, uh, you know, partner or whatever, a uh, sidekick on the side to help him realize and get more points. But at the end of the day, I mean, he wants to find that person here. He wants to do that stuff here. And that's, that's what ma- really matters. And so, you know, this is one thing that we don't have to worry about for the next nine years, which is great. He kept talking about like, Oh, I signed here eight years, eight years, you know, almost like, Oh, I can't wait for this eight years to be like, no, it's not that at all. I mean, he just, he was saying three years the last time, but uh, if you really are looking for something to worry about, uh, Ilya Sorokin's only has two more deal years left on his deal. So then we got to figure that out, but we'll get to that when we get to. So, Oh, we also called out uh, Anthony Beauvillier too, in his thing too, which I thought was, was very nice <laughs> as well. So um, yeah, just, uh, you know, I could listen to that, that press conference all day. Like it's just it was fun watching him talk and interact and you know uh, uh, it's just it was just a great day. It's just you know put that put that up on the in the Islanders Hall of Fame at UBS Arena when it gets a chance. You know it's it's great great to see. Uh, a podcast first. I gotta I gotta pause for a second because Elvis killed a possum outside. Oh my god! I'll be right back. <laughs> well, that that's definitely staying in. By the way, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's totally fine. I figured it would. Um, uh, I was going to say, I was saying before, like, you know, we could pick apart his game and God knows the Islanders could use more scoring, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think all, all told this is, it's very hard to be very upset today as an Islanders fan. I think what you said, the the, the most kind of poignant part of, of, of that section was that he wants to do it here. He wants to find the solution here. Whereas yeah. the other guy mm. uh, wanted to find the solution elsewhere. Um, and you, you just, I mean, if you, it's, it's going to be like one of those things where hopefully one of these YouTube whizzes puts <laughs> together like the the media availability of the two of them like side by side and kind of because I know there was I can't remember who did it from Lighthouse Hockey like the the kind of explainer here's the here's the six minute YouTube guide to why Islander fans reacted the way they did mm. when Tavares left I can't remember who it was and I apologize um, but like if you took that and then you put the, the the happy one next to it like you would just see the difference like what we wanted to john Tavares to be was that franchise focal point 
we kind of thrust a personality onto him. Um, whereas this one, this guy like Barzella just oozes it. He just oozes it. And he's kind of adopted. And, and I, I think I told this story on this podcast once when I went to Montreal to watch the Islanders, I ended up sitting next to, for one period, cause we were switching seats. I ended up sitting, ended up sitting next to Matt Barzell's friend from home who was playing lacrosse at McGill university. And uh, like we were talking and I was explaining to him, like just how much we love him and, and why like he's such a good fit on long Island and like the kind of attitude. And, he, and he's like, that's just how he's always been. He's just like this driven individual who, who has found like the perfect medium between cockiness and confidence, like where he's not offensive at all, but you can just tell he's very confident. And where, and that like, it feels like Long Island. Like you, you can almost see him. I mean, the the press conference he did today in the locker room, he was wearing like a black jacket or something with like slick black black mm. hair and um, his hentai he, hair. As, yeah, his uh, hentai hair. Yeah, as he looked, like if you if you just close your eyes and like kind of or or like fuzzed out the background and you put him, you know, at like Farring's Deli or something like on Long Island. You're like, no, this guy, this, he would, he's, he would fit like he would fit on the line waiting for a chicken cutlet sandwich on Saturday afternoon at right. a deli. Uh, you know, this, I'm, I'm from the South shore. So I'll say South shore, Long Island, but anywhere on Long Island, like you, you can just see it. Like um, he's an adopted son of Long Island uh, who's sticking around. And that is something we've been waiting for as a fan base for God knows how long. Um, so yeah, he's he is the the total package, and and I think, and this is all very positive, and we we there are some flaws to his game, of course, but he's not a superstar. Like he's not in that Connor McDavid tier. He's not even close to it. He's he's probably going in the middle of fantasy drafts this <laughs> week. Like he's not like a oh I gotta get this guy, but uh, he's he's like. Would you be surprised if at the end of the year he's got like 87 points right. and just has a, you know, balls out for the year? No, of course not. He's he's the type of guy that, you know, this is very much a chip on the shoulder year for the Islanders. And he's uh, he's the perfect guy to, to have a chip on his shoulder. So, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, this is this is just it's really hard to be upset about this. If you're going to be upset at anybody, like you can be upset at people making the lazy kind of arguments. Um, <laughs> why this is, you know, an overpayment or whatever. And, uh, and, and hopefully in six months time, you get to say what, you know, how's that looking now? I think it looks like a bargain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is what a day, man. Like, yeah, uh, I've always said he's, he's, he's someone who, who should be skating around with like a rose between his teeth and, but, today like i just when he comes out on opening home opener in nine days <laughs> I, I want maybe we'll just throw hats on the ice before <laughs> you know this, oh, he, no. he deserves something yeah now he's gonna get he's gonna get a, a lot of applause when, when that home opener happens and and actually it's funny you mentioned that real quick i reminded that uh we, we my daughter and i and all of uh, my wife and our friends we were at that game where he scored his first NHL hat trick against the Winnipeg Jets. So we'll always have that. That's why he's a favorite of ours. Um, so yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's pause here and we'll come back on the other side of the break and we will do our uh, rest of the league episode, uh, our annual that we started last year. Uh, we'll kind of shotgun through everything or machine gun through everything. Um, by the way, I think it was Spizwolf that did the video 
uh, for Lighthouse Hockey, yes. by the way. Thank and uh, yeah, no problem. And uh, thanks to Spizwolf. And uh, and thanks to Noel for writing up the uh, the Barzell article today in which he called him the kid who got paid. So there you go. That <laughs> <laughs> sums it up. Uh, good work. All right. So we'll be back in a minute and uh, we're going to go through uh, every other team in the league and uh, talk some shit about them. All right. Come back then. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. They also have jerseys, which are awesome. You should check those out for all kinds of really cool defunct teams. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor T-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code Long Island to save 10% off anything in the store. And uh, listen to our next episode for a little announcement for uh, something new coming to VintageIceHockey.com very, very shortly. Uh, try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle, available at your local wine shop and at UBS Arena. Please drink responsibly. Uh, okay, so we did this last year for the first time, and we had a lot of fun, so we're going to do it again. We're just going to go through uh, the other teams in the league and kind of uh, give a little bit of, um, I don't know about a preview, but I guess our thoughts on on how things are going to shake out. Please bear in mind that you know, Mike looks at this from a betting perspective, what the, the lines are saying, what the bookmakers are saying, and, you know, they change all the time and, and this is his life and he's very good at it. And he looks at this stuff very in depth. And I'm looking at it from the perspective of a guy saying, wait, he signed there. So, you know, uh, hopefully somewhere in the middle, we can find a nice medium and we'll end up being right. So, yeah. we'll, and if we'll I, go. if I could, if I could plug something real quick, sure. I wrote it, I did write a, a season preview for work at actionnetwork.com, which you can read and it's go. it is different from I try to make it different from other season previews because if you're here on the show, um, you know I don't I just don't want to retread what yeah. other people have and write the same article about why Matt Barzell is an overpayment <laughs> that you know you can read at six other different places. Um, right. So I look at it just you know based on kind of market perception and rank the teams from most overrated to most underrated. Uh, I, I think the Capitals are are the most underrated team this year um, mm. from from a market perspective and sentiment perspective and um it's it's the biggest article i write every year so any any uh love for it reading yeah. clicking it whatever is is very much appreciated and uh, uh, I, I hope you forgive me for for plugging this no, no no i will put a link to it uh in the article so everybody can can check it out i think i may have also uh, retweeted that but yeah check it out i read it, it it's really really good so you check it out again it's, it's a little bit different so uh we're gonna again we we didn't realize we were gonna talk about Mar- matt barzell today so uh we've already cut into our time a little bit so we're gonna probably race through a bunch of these but uh, let's start over in the pacific as usual and uh i'm just gonna lump the sharks ducks and kraken 
kind of all together in a yeah better luck next year kind of group. <laughs> um, you know, the Ducks got Ryan Strom and and John Klingberg. Uh, so you know maybe they can make some noise. But I mean, Klingberg's only there for like a year. So if they're not in the playoff race by January, I think he's going to be earmarked for some other team. The Sharks are still looking for their next big thing, and the Kraken are still an expansion team. So I don't see anything to write home about any of these things. Am I missing something? Are these, are these guys kind of I, all no, there? I, think the, I just find it hilarious that last year uh, at this time, there were a couple, I think we made fun of it on this traditional mm. episode about how there were a lot of people who had the Kraken modeled as like the top five, top 10 team in the NHL. <laughs> and then we forgot that that's not how the NHL works normally with expansion <laughs> teams or something. Right. Um, and then, and then in the middle of the year when it was going to shit for Seattle, they all just said, "Well, how was I supposed to know that this team would have terrible goaltending?" Like, you weren't, I guess, but you also weren't. You needed to know that this team probably wasn't good enough to right. to survive terrible goaltending or even mediocre mm-hmm. goaltending. And um, yeah, I don't, I, I like, I like Oliver Bjorkstrand when he got traded from Columbus yeah. to Seattle for nothing because of the Gaudreau fallout. I was kind of ticked, but uh. Yeah, I think these teams are I mean, the Sharks are weird. Are the Sharks? Yeah. So I'm already like, I could tell the hockey season's getting close because last night I had a dream that um, the Leafs were were up two one in a series against the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and they were up two one in the game and looked really good. And I was like, shit, they're gonna win the first round. Like this is terrible. Mm. Um, and like, so I'm already worried and I'm already scared for the season. <laughs> and and my biggest fear for the Islanders is that they turn into the sharks, you know, mm. like, like that team that does have these veterans who like a handful that they're not going to be bad enough to be terrible and whatever. Yeah. So that is my take on the sharks. Yeah. Well, I, that's, and that's uh, eerily similar to my, what will be my take on the flyers when we get to uh, the Metro division at the end. But yeah, the, uh, the Kraken did sign Andre Burkowski, who's, who's a pretty notable signing, but uh, yeah, next try next try next year guys uh forget <laughs> about that um then you've got this sort of weird middle three teams the kings uh golden knights and canucks and the canucks i'm kind of being generous a little bit this is i mean you talk about teams that are overrated and underrated every year the canucks are overrated by mostly canadian uh media <laughs> outlets um you know they're not bad they finished 40 30 and 12 last year like they weren't terrible but i just don't think they have enough to to make the playoffs Vegas, their problem is they need goaltending and Robin Leonard's hurt. So it's Laurent Boisois and uh, Logan Thompson right now. And the Kings got by on really good goal. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. And I think, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but if their goaltending holds up, still Cal Peterson and the sort of decaying husk of Jonathan Quick uh, and they hold up, then they can make the playoffs too. That, that third spot is kind of wide open. We'll talk about the top two teams in a second. But, you know, one of these three teams is going to take that that spot i don't think it'll be vancouver could be vegas uh you know jack eichel is healthy now but everybody in this division needs gold the canucks are the one team that has goaltending but they don't really have much in a way of defense so i don't know uh, how that's going to shake out but uh what, what i mean i was surprised that the kings made the playoffs last year i did not think they were that good and they yeah. managed to hang around uh yeah they were they were the surprise package um yeah. still hate true dowdy for what he said about the islanders at one <laughs> time when he's like i don't think i've ever played watched a game or know anybody who ever played for the Islanders but uh yeah I think Vegas is the the thing you hear about Vegas from everybody is they're and you hear this about every team they're gonna be a fascinating team this year aren't they and sure like like every team every season has twists and turns um 
I, 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 they've turned it to like a, a heel, like, Oh, definitely. You would know better than me in, in wrestling, but like, is there some, a term for like when a heel starts to become popular again? Yeah, he starts turning face. That's turning the whole face. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like this year everyone's going to be sick because last year everyone piled on the nights and like was they were heel and it was fun to like kick them while they're down. But I think if they're they're good, everyone's they're going to turn face and pe- it's like almost like Guy Fieri. Like people are going to be like, I love this, <laughs> I love this team. Like, isn't that great? Like, we love how Vegas does. They just go for it, Elliot. Like, that's great. Like, hmm. um. So that's my prediction for Vegas. Um, and I think if like Jack Eichel is, is much better uh, than people realize, I would say too. Yeah. Like, I think he could have a pretty big season. Well, it was easy to forget because he was, yeah. Hurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I mean, I get that, but, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, by the way, one thing about the Kings is uh, I fully expect uh, the 32 thoughts podcast to devote more time to Sean Dursey, Sean Dursey. signing, uh, <laughs> re-signing with the Kings than Matt Barzell re-signing. With uh, the Rangers, but that's oh, wait, oh, wait, actually one thing about the Canucks too, is that, uh, the ah, let's not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll save it for another time. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah it's all right. uh, at the top of the division, you've got two two good teams, and as much as it really pains me to say this, because I love when that media market eats itself alive, I think the Oilers are going to be pretty good this year. They finally have a pretty good goalie in Jack Campbell. Uh, they've lost uh, the old man Mike Smith. They lost an even older man Duncan Keith, or almost as old man Duncan Keith. And uh, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Now, the Oilers can still Oiler it up, as we know. And the Flames, you know, give Brad True Living a lot of credit. I think we did this once before, but, man, they lost they they lost Goudreau. They ended up trading Kachuk, and then they replaced him with Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Nazem Kadri and Mackenzie Weaker. So, I mean, that dude put in a lot of work this summer, and that team is still pretty darn good. So, um, somebody, somebody really, really good is going to come out of this division. It's going to be one of those two teams unless something – really really gets bad but i mean uh the oilers look like i mean I, I can't believe i'm even saying this but this looks like this is their best chance to win the cup since like 1990 <laughs> you know or whatever it was that they won their last uh dynasty cup yeah i think uh they'll both be good i think the flames might be the best team in the league yeah. uh which is astounding and kind of i've gives... picked the flames to win the stanley cup every year since 2006 so uh you yeah, know just keep every... doing it <laughs> uh they're coached like they got the the coach, they got the goalie, mm. they got the beautiful uniforms, mm. uh, the great rink with the the shiny ice. The, mm. Both these teams, um, <laughs> like they're if things had gone sideways for the Islanders with the off season with with Barzell and uh, you know Dobson, let's just say or whatever, the Flames now give you hope in a way that you don't just have to follow the kind of laid out path in front of you like okay if you lose players like that like the islanders when they lost Tavares, which you know as we <laughs> mentioned when when Gaudreau left was never really brought up like right. can't believe the flames are going through this no team has ever had to watch a guy walk away like this <laughs> <laughs> but uh they do give you hope i mean the islanders did too but let and we said this even before they they traded for uberdo and Uyghur and signed Kadri that like you, I think you might have even like directly addressed Flames fans yeah. that listen to this podcast, all all of them, uh, that like it's gonna be okay, and and it was like that was that was very prescient, and uh, <laughs> but they give you hope, like in in sports that when things are, you know, sports aren't this is season preview season, and and the season previews are worthless after ten days, 
of the season. <laughs> so like when when people are writing your team off because Kachuk and Gaudreau, and they're like now they have to tear it down. No, you don't. Like there's other ways around it. So I applaud Calgary for for giving you know six years from now or two years from now or whatever. If the Islanders are having a rough go of it, just be like, yeah, you know, maybe they can fight their way out of this like Calgary did. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know, there'll be some like acclimation time for those guys, but yeah, I agree with you. I think they're really, I, in fact, I almost think that not enough people are talking about how good they are because <laughs> they're looking at the off season moves and be like, well, that was crazy, pretty crazy, but I mean, they're really good. So I yeah. mean, yeah. I feel like there's a, maybe I'm making this up and it's just me, but I feel like there's an Islanders flames Alliance because I, well, we yeah. just, we don't get in each other's way. They're expansion cousins, of course. Yes, exactly. They'll always be tied together. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, all right. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much a specific. You got really, really kind of set up, you know, tiers in that division. Um, moving on to the central. Um, I don't know. It's kind of a little bit more of a mishmash. Um, the bottom two, uh, I think, are still going to be Chicago and Arizona, as they were last year. Uh, by the way, Nick Kiprios apparently t- saying today that uh, some of the Arizona players are very upset at their conditions that they have to play in uh, this year at, at Arizona state university. And it's actually worse than they, they were led to believe, which that never happens in the NHL. Who could have possibly seen that happening? So that's the one thing. I mean, Arizona is not going to be good on the ice, but man, I cannot wait to watch every single game they play this year at that arena, because it is going to be the best (laughs) really is. And I cannot tell you how much joy I get from saying this sentence, your arena problems are not my problem. They're your problem, not mine. So good luck with all that is all I'm going to say. And then Chicago, Chicago actually is sort of like what you're talking about with the Sharks. Like they just don't want to kind of acknowledge they got to be bad. And like they're hanging on like they got Seth Jones. I mean, it's funny. Isn't Seth Jones making what what Matt Barzell is making? Yeah, yeah that that, of yeah. course, wasn't brought up that right. Jones and Zach Wierenski and yeah. Jeff Skinner. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. of course. So, um, uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I, I think we'll see Taves and, and Kane probably traded at some point. Um, Luke Richardson's a nice guy. He's the coach there now, but man, it, it's going to be a long season in Chicago. And I feel bad cause I have a lot of Chicago Blackhawk fan friends. And this is, this is not going to be good <laughs> for either of those two teams. Uh, I mean, is there any, is there any kind of positive coming out of any of these, either of these two, or is it just, these are just two lost seasons right now. Yeah. I think the Blackhawks definitely are sometimes when, Teams like especially when you're betting, like teams that are bad become very interesting. The Blackhawks won't be, but I think the Coyotes will. Uh, I'm ex- I'm really excited to see the rink and yeah. how this whole saga plays out. It's like we t- we've talked about it here. The Islanders went through uh, so much arena drama that I just feel terrible for fans who right. are watching like people just try to take their team away. Mm-hmm. Uh, because whether there's 800 Coyotes fans or 8 million Coyotes fans, like the Coyotes are a very important part of their life, just like mm-hmm. the Islanders are a very important part of our life. So uh, I hate seeing it. it. It really kind of just makes me sad. And uh, I hope, I honestly hope that it's like a cool environment. And, and, and like the, we already seen, I think a couple Canadian media people like talk about how, it's not going well, I guess, for training camp. I'm sure Bruce Arthur is going to be all over oh, this. <laughs> he might be on assignment down there. They might they might have him living in Scottsdale or wherever the hell for uh, for a couple months to uh, right. write a six six piece column about moving the team <laughs> to you know, 
to the Hamilton or whatever. Um, and from a betting perspective, I think, and I wrote this in my preview, I think the Coyotes are going to be a good bet at home because can you imagine being the Dallas Stars or St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, going to Arizona to play a game, and then you're like, I got to, we got to play here. We just played in Nashville last night or wherever. And now I got to play at a college rink in front of like 3,000 people who I can hear. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here at all. Like we're going to beat this team because we're better than them. So you're going to get good prices to bet them at home. They'll be the favorite maybe like three yeah. times the entire uh, their home schedule, like against the Blackhawks and Flyers or Sharks or whatever. But um, so that's I'm 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 always intrigued by the Coyotes. I think it's because of what I was saying. Like we've been in those foxholes before, man. Like we know mm. what it's like. We know what you're going through. I think what you said is is true. Like that. Not, I'm just you're much happier on this side of the arena issues right. where, you know, it doesn't affect your day to day life. But for those who it does, like, I do feel for them. And I kind of hope that um, they uh, are fun, at least. And uh, the goalie is hilarious. Carol Vamilka, who just is terrible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden posts a 62 save shutout goes like <laughs> Dwayne Rollison against the Leafs on everybody. And so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was joking before about, you know, he signed where Nick Bukestad is an Arizona coyote right now. And I had no idea until two when, days when, ago. When I saw that, like, how many times has he been a coyote? I feel yeah. like he's been a coyote in a, a Minnesota wild, like eight different times already. This guy was a superstar for the Flyers, for the Panthers. He got traded to the penguins. Oh my God. What a, what a deal they got. They dumped him off the Minnesota wild. Oh, he's from Minnesota. What a deal they got. Now he's playing for Arizona. So there you go. That's, that's the life <laughs> of Nick Bukestad. Um, next up, is um before we get to the kind of guys at the top, this is the team I think you and I might have the biggest difference on because you're actually pretty high in the Winnipeg Jets this year. Uh, and I heard you on the uh, the NHL um, uh, fantasy draft thing that you did, and, and you were pretty high in the Jets, but I don't know, man. I look at this team, and I, all I see is an abject disaster. If they finish dead <laughs> last in this division, I would not be shocked one bit. And, uh, you know, they, they got a good first line. Kyle Connor had like 50 goals or whatever, 45 goals last year. Shifley's still good. You know, Wheeler's still there, although he's not the captain anymore. So there might be weird weirdness there. Hellebuck is obviously still good. Their, their D is okay, but not great. But to me, and I hate saying this because he seems like just the nicest guy in the world. He's got fans and friends all over the league. He's been in, in, the, in the hockey forever. Rick Bonus just seems like the, a prince of a guy, a complete mensch. But he has shown time and again he is not a head coach in the NHL. I know they went to the, the stars, went to the finals a couple of years ago, but like that was just because Anton Dobin stood on his head and, and the guys, guys like Dennis Gurionov were scoring playoff goals. Like what, how does that, how often does that happen? This guy, he's again, a lovely man. He's just not a head coach. And I just, I can't see how this ends up being good for Winnipeg. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong. I have no ill will towards the jets, but I'm looking at this roster and I'm looking at this coach and I'm like, this is not going to be good. But but you different, so there you go. <laughs> you know, yeah. You think they're gonna I, be pretty good. So this is a great thing about bonus is like he's the wrong coach for like thirty teams in the NHL. <laughs> but the Jets might be the right one because like I could say the, the Jets and and like maybe if he took over, I don't know Nashville or something. Like like he need he would need to like walk into a a place that it it's a veteran team that kind of knows how to play already and can can just be the kind of guy who takes the mm. temperature of the room and like knows when to like, you know, just talk to people like human beings and when to coach him <laughs> or whatever. Like he's been, a, he was the Jets coach in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> That's before I was born. That's awesome. I'm rooting for Rick. I'm rooting for the Jets. Uh, 
I like Nikolai Ehlers as a three. Like he's not going to win MVP, but if you're looking for like a really really big long shot, uh, Nikolai Ehlers is my pick because I think he can do what like Gaudreau or Uberdo did and like get 115 points because he's going to be playing with Kyle Connor and Shifley, uh, the world's biggest Josh Bailey fan. I wonder if Shifley's going to be at Josh Bailey 1000 night. We should invite. Him. We should just be like you know. I know that I know they're playing the Rangers, but okay. we, we can coordinate with the Jets, kind of like how sometimes when players win a Stanley Cup and then they go to another team, they get to like, hey, I'm yeah. gonna fly to Tampa for a ring night, but I'll I'll catch That'd up with fun. you guys in Minnesota. People, kind of people in the stands being like, why is Mark Shifley here? Is he <laughs> hurt? Is, what's he doing here? Is he's cousin? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like. I think the Jets are because, like in betting, it, it uh, especially preseason when you're when, before the season one of the most important things to do is just to when everyone's saying like this team, like you said, like you can see them being an abject disaster. You need to look at it like, okay, if that's what everyone's saying, there's going to be value on going the other way. Just now, how likely is it? And with a goalie like Hellebuck, you have yourself a get out of jail free card. So that's why I liked them. I mean, it's yeah. like their long shot. They're 60 to one. And I think Winnipeg is, uh, and I like, we'll, we'll talk about them next time or soon. Like St. Louis, I think, too like the, the, those are the two i like in this division because i think for some reason everyone loves the wild and everyone mm-hmm. is like kind of into the predators again for some reason um so <laughs> those are those are my two teams to kind of upstart or upset the odds in the central yeah so let, let's look at yeah minnesota dallas nashville as a group um yeah everybody was kind of high on them you know i feel like you know we've talked a lot about how the islanders got you know everything that could have gone wrong to go wrong last season i feel like those teams it's the exact opposite Everything that could have gone right went right, particularly with Minnesota. You know, Kirill Kaprizov had a career year. Um, they got Mark Andre Fleury, who's resigned there, so he he had a you know another. He was the Vezina Trophy winner last, the year before, and he ended up being pretty good. And they all made the playoffs. Nashville too. They got good years finally out of um, Matt Duchesne and and Ryan Johansson. And then of course, UC Soros was spectacular. I don't know how he didn't walk away with at least some hardware at the end of the year, but then he got hurt in the playoffs, and they were swept by the Avalanche. So, I mean, these these three teams, they all seem to me like it could kind of go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them, if any of them had a great season, and I wouldn't be surprised if any of them missed the playoffs because, you know, two or three guys didn't perform the way they did last year. So, um, but I'm with you. I, the Blues are, are very, very good, and obviously the Avalanche are at the top of the division. So, you know, those were your five playoff teams last year, and, um, I, I, you know, if, could it be the same? Sure. Could they swap swap spots? Sure. I mean, you look at the other division. I'm not sure how, who's going to take their extra spot, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm not really that impressed with either Minnesota, Nashville, or Dallas particularly. But they're not, they're not bad teams. They're good. They're just I, don't, I can't see them overtaking the Abs, particularly in particular the Abs or the Blues, who I think are again a team that people are kind of sleeping on a little bit as as being very very good. Yeah, I think it comes down to underlying metrics a lot with the Blues. Like they didn't have the best um play driving numbers but if you look at their forward group you're like they don't need to like they're they're right. gonna score on the chances they create because they they can roll three scoring lines and they're all really good um, I, I still feel they're a bit like a like kind of like a bully team almost like you feel yeah. like you they're like an intimidating team i don't know if it's a uniforms or, or i mean they, working they, i don't know kick, but it's like yeah. they kick the snot out of the wild every time they play yeah. too like, <laughs> yeah. it's just hilarious but like that, the wild are just they become like this kind of trendy analytics team yeah um and like we're so past that, I feel like as a hockey yeah, I know. watch, like you it wasn't think, hurricanes. But... It was old when the hurricanes were this. You know, yeah. everyone. If if you like, if you like these numbers, like you got to root for the hurricanes. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> who cares what their front office does? Like, who right. works for their front office? Like, I care about the Islanders because they play fifteen minutes from my house. 
<laughs> and then I grew up here. Like, um, but then became the wild. And, uh, but yeah, I don't, I just don't like, you look at the roster, you're like, I can see this going to shit because mm. there's not that much depth because they are still paying Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. And <laughs> like, we talk about Mark on Mark Andre Fleury is great. Like everyone loves him 37 years old, but his reputation is far outweighs like his on ice impact at this point. He, he, he won the Vezina two years ago. The year before that he was bad on Vegas. The year after that was last year and he was bad with Chicago and whatever you want to draw a line through that. Fine. But um, I don't know. I just, I think that they're, they're, they're a darling and usually darlings are overpriced and the predators like you like you were talking about like these are teams everything went right for them like matt duchene and Ryan johansson are great roman mm. yossi scores the most points oh, yeah. from a defenseman since brian leach in 1992 <laughs> and and they barely got into the playoffs they got into the playoffs in the last spot like yeah. if you have all that stuff go right for you like you kind of squandered that year um and i think a slow start from nashville and uh, Barry Trotz just bought a house down there. So mm. John Hines, uh, yeah. I know he signed an extension or whatever, but I just kind of like with Andrew Burnett and Lindy Ruff in New Jersey, I just feel like John Hines has to be kind of looking over his shoulder a little bit. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. We didn't, well, we'll talk about Trotz another time, but uh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Hines, you know, if you, if you polled people who the Predators coach was, I don't know if you'd get John Hines is the answer, <laughs> but, uh, but he's still there. Uh, okay. So moving on to the Atlantic. Oh, and obviously the, you know, we don't need to talk about the avalanche. They, they won the cup last year. They're going to be good. Yeah. They lost Nazem Kadri, but they're still going to be pretty good. So, uh, and they've got Alexander Georgiev now. So, I mean, we're going to see if he can sink or swim. We've been hearing about him to death too <laughs> with the Rangers. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. the, the Atlantic, uh, we're going to start at the top for a change and I'm just going to, I'm just going to come out and say what I, I think everybody's thinking, which is that please don't let the Leafs win this division. Just anybody but them. It's, it was Florida last year. Tampa's still good, obviously. Boston is still – Boston is a third team I think people are sleeping on. People yeah. don't – I mean, they got a lot of guys who are hurt. Marshan's out for a long time. Bergeron is old, but he's back. Um, Zdeno Chara has retired. Obviously, he's not coming back. Tuka Rask is gone now. But, I mean, this is not a team that – that you know the 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 floor has fallen out from under. This is still a pretty darn good team. I could see them winning this division. I mean, they were fifty one twenty six and five last year in what would be a down year. I mean, they were really really good. Um, but uh, it just it can't it can't be the Leafs. It's got to be anybody but the Leafs. Please, I can't I can't even deal with you know winning the division. I mean, obviously we don't want to see them win around in the playoffs, but like winning a division would just be equally as bad. I don't want to see it. Yeah, let's just talk about them because. <laughs> <laughs> this past this past since we last spoke on the Leafs corner on Islanders anxiety, <laughs> uh Rasmus Sandin. Yes. It, the game of chicken, Kyle Dubas won it, of course, as he always does. Gets Rasmus Sandin signed on the dotted line. Uh Matt Murray is winning the preseason Vezina trophy. Um if if you yesterday his name was trending on my timeline, which says a lot more about me. <laughs> than Matt Murray, but he, uh, I clicked on it and it was indistinguishable who was part of the media and who were just like Leafs fan mm. boy accounts, uh, because they were all talking about how great he looks and how happy he's, how much fun he's having playing for the Leafs. Uh, so there's that. Um, mm. yeah. And, and you're going to see, I think tomorrow kind of parallel to this podcast, of course, the, the, the real NHL championship gets decided. The Stanley cup gets awarded because it's the last day of, um, team previews at at our 
Holt's favorite stomping grounds, the Athletic. And guess what? Guess who's got to be number one? The Leafs. Oh boy. Yeah, no can way. you believe it? True underdog story. Yeah. Season over. <laughs> Season over. We'll see you guys all again next October. Uh, what, whatever happens from this point on, it doesn't count because it wasn't. It didn't show up in the charts. But uh, yeah, I mean, like the the, the they are paint they are painting a hundred and fifteen point team from last year. They the second favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year. They were the same last year. They were one of the favorites the year before. They are painting this team as an underdog story. Like that's the, that's, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, and we just passed the anniversary, I believe of this too, of the Canada cup. And this drives me crazy every year in that people make this, this 72 Canada cup thing to be this great underdog triumph. When this real story is that Canada thought they were going to kick Russia's ass, Russia kicked their ass, and then they came back and won. That's not a story at all. (laughs) That's a terrible story. (laughs) Who wants that story? That's like Rocky being, you know, overconfident getting his ass kicked by Apollo and then coming back and winning anyway. Like that's, that's not the story. The story is this guy's nothing. And then he, 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 you know, lasts to the end and he can show that he's not a bum. Like what the hell story is? Who cares? But that's, it's the same principle. And I, like you said, like, please don't let them win the division. Obviously don't mm. let them win around all that stuff. And, and please like let them get off to a slow start. Let them, let, let them feel, feel some pressure for the first time. They, right. people keep forgetting to mention when they talk about like, they talk, oh, they played so hard against the Lightning. Like you can't really, mm. you can't really fault them. They for got that. so much respect the res- in the handshake yeah. line. Don't forget that. Like yeah, the respect <laughs> in the handshake line and the fact that they slayed their demons. Apparently, their first round demons by losing in seven uh, once again to a team that went to the Stanley Cup final for the second year in a row. They lost to the team that went to the second year, mm. team that went to the Stanley Cup final. The year before that was the Montreal Canadiens, who finished in <laughs> dead last in the NHL last year, and they were in a division that was set up for them to win. Like nobody right. mentions that. Like. Yeah. You want to talk? Yes, it's it, maybe maybe last year they came out on the wrong side of a coin flip, but they've also lost to the Blue Jackets and the Canadians, mm. who finished in last place last year in the previous playoff rounds. They were up three one <laughs> in that series too, by the way. And they were up three two last year. Um, yeah, so the fact that they're painting this like team as an upstart underdog right. is incredible. Every every player, I think, at this point, including ones that aren't even on the official roster yet, like that are PTOs have gotten their uh, time in the athletic sun with the, this Zach, guy's a perfect fit. Zach, Zach Aston Reese. the is, perfect he's a fit. Swiss army knife. This guy, <laughs> this guy knows the nuclear codes. This right. guy, yeah. this guy can drink his coffee as soon as it's ready. It doesn't burn his tongue. Like <laughs> shut the hell up, please. For all, like, I don't understand how these guys don't look at the page at the right. athletic. And once again, yeah. who's the loser here? It's me. Cause I subscribe to the athletic and have the uh, least picked as one of my teams. Me too. So I can see it. Like we're stuck. I, they just yeah. hired another Toronto guy too, who used to work in the front office. And his whole thing was like, I want to highlight teams and players that don't get as much love in the league. Oh, okay. What team is that? Oh, it's the Leafs. Oh, okay. What, what guy is that? Oh, what number is he? Oh, okay. Great. Thanks. I can't wait. Just what we need. I'm looking yeah. really, really looking forward to it. Yes, but I think they're gonna be good. They're, they're, in all likelihood, they'll be good. I think that there is the 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 kind of shining hope here is that the goaltending could completely blow up in everyone's face. And we just got to hope it does. Um, <laughs> and like you said, people are sleeping on the Bruins. I think the, the, the way I'm playing the Bruins, like I'm, I already think that they're fine to bet right now, but mm. with those guys out, like maybe they struggle a little in the beginning and then you can get a really good number on Boston. They'll get their shit together. Like I think Jim Montgomery is a good coach. Mm. So they have great goalies or a good tandem. I think Jeremy Swayman is going to be really good. Like the, the defense is good. They, they've just, 
always put up the best defensive numbers in the league. Um, yeah. So them and the Lightning are kind of being slept on, like, which yeah. is great because they just went to the Stanley Cup again, and and like nobody's really talking about them. I guess maybe it's a little boring, but um, yeah. yeah. So the the Panthers, I expect to not be as good as last year, which is not saying much just because they won the President's Trophy, but they they I think things could go sideways for them. Um, I like Spencer Knight as a best in a long shot because mm-hmm. if they're good, it probably means that he was good. Uh, they signed him to that deal, so maybe he's getting more starts this season. But um, yeah, I think I think like the Leafs and the Panthers, you can kind of see things going sideways. Mm. Uh, the Bruins and uh, Lightning, I think, are just like rock solid and will be there. And hopefully, just whoever's the best mm. at the end is the one that uh, beats the Leafs. And hopefully, in like <laughs> five this season, I don't want to go to another game seven where I have no. to, last last game seven. I drove far away to pick up dinner. <laughs> instead of watching the game because i couldn't watch i was so nervous which once yeah. again that speaks a lot volume, more volumes about me than anything else but <laughs> like I, I was so nervous about a leafs game that i drove and turned didn't listen to it and put my phone in the trunk so i'd want to be tempted to even look at it at a red light or anything yeah oh no so, i know what you mean yeah i put the yeah. phone away i don't i don't check twitter or anything like that that kind of stuff but the best the best case scenario yeah any of those three teams beating the leafs would be great but the best case scenario, oh. and and to steal a phrase from our friend Jeff Merrick, the most intriguing team in this division, perhaps, is the Ottawa Senators, who right behind the Flames made a ton of changes. Give Pierre Duran credit. Like, he did a lot of good work this summer, too. They Now, Tam, Cam Talbot is out for a while, so their goaltending is a bit of a mess right now, too. But, I mean, if Anton Forsberg or whoever is the other guy can can steady things, this team has a lot of young talent up front and, and, you know, they got guys coming up uh, on the blue line too, and they can make things very interesting. They were 33, 42 and seven, which is not a good record. They finished just ahead of Montreal in division, but like they have a chance to be very good this year and, and really kind of find their way around. And if not make the playoffs, which is again, a long shot, um, at least make life difficult for some of the other teams in this division and you know, cause again, I I'm feeling these guys much like Matt Barzell, you know, that like Brady Kachuk reads this stuff. Like, you know that these guys know what people are saying. And so when they're going to go play the Leafs, they know that they got to come and bring it. And it's much like with the Islanders. Like how many times have we said, how come the Islanders don't play everybody? Like they play the Rangers. Well, this is the senators are going to get their time to get this too. And uh, they might, I mean, again, they might end up being terrible, but, they have added a lot of intriguing pieces. They got Alex DeBrincat now. So, I mean, you know, they got Claude Giroux now. So, I mean, they just, could be – that would be the best case scenario the, it, for the Leafs to lose to the Senators. It would uh, just be beautiful. <laughs> if You know, I would like – just like if they nip – even if they just nip that playoff right. spot from them, it would just be so much easier than anything. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the fun thing about the Sens now being better is that they were like a thorn in the side for – yeah the Leafs and like Brady Kachuk like he's gonna really revel in this opportunity so yeah yeah god it would just be I would (laughs) god I would just yeah if if the Sens take like the the Leafs playoff spot I would I don't know what I would do I would drive to (laughs) Canada or wherever the Canadian Tire Center is and you know like I mean uh John Cusack in that movie uh hold up like a boom box for 24 (laughs) hours straight just saying thank you um great but yeah, I think the sen- like the Senators are. That th- this is my most likely scenario for them is that they're 
they just get off to a terrible start and like all the yeah. hype and everyone just no one talks about them for like ever and then next mm. season next offseason like we just do it all again but because uh, <laughs> that seems to happen you know like yeah we'll just see like you can't go five minutes listening to a 32 thoughts or a podcast like that without them talking about the senators but you know if they, yeah. they start the season kind of like the canadians or the senators did last year uh nobody's gonna pipe up about them so yeah um, uh, they could have a very islanders like season where they're terrible through november and then all of a sudden right from like new year's day to the end of the season they're like one of the better teams <laughs> they got like exactly. the third best re- record in the league you know and, yeah they pull you back in right um, yeah, exactly um and then you've got buffalo detroit and montreal these teams all they're all terrible in various shades the buffalo and detroit have a long way to go montreal's all rookies right now they might be a fun team to watch but yeah i wouldn't you know they're not going to be very good. <laughs> None of them are going to be very good, but maybe Detroit's putting some together. We'll see. But, uh, and, and, and the vibes are good in Buffalo. Again, I don't think the team is very good right now, but the, the vibes are very good. So you, you kind of like to see that. Okay. Let's, um, let's move on to the last one. Our, our favorite, the metropolitan. Um, this is again, a very, very difficult division. It's very difficult to call, um, you know, as Islanders fans, obviously we have an optimistic viewpoint of our team. We want to see them make the playoffs. Um, their biggest issue is scoring goals and breaking news. They have two whole goals in the preseason game that's going on right now. So mark your calendars down this day, October 4th. The Islanders scored two whole goals in a preseason game. That's a big <laughs> deal. That's that's the combined total of the goals they scored in their previous two games or whatever it was. So uh they're you know, they gotta find they gotta find the goals. If they find goals, I think they'll be pretty good. Uh Washington, we talked about, like they're they're an underrated team. I think they're again much like the Bruins. Like they're still good. I don't know why people don't don't pick them because they're all picking the Penguins. Everybody loves the Penguins. This is the team that hasn't gone out of the first round in ten years. They love the Penguins for whatever reason, and so uh, they they get a lot of ink. And the Rangers and, and and Hurricanes, we hate them both equally. They score a lot of goals. They don't give up a lot, um, hoping that they just fall apart. And then you've got the Blue Jackets, Devils, and Flyers. Um, the Blue Jackets and the Devils are improved, but I mean, how much? Like, how much is is Johnny Goodrow going to put the the Blue Jackets in the playoffs? I don't know. It's hard to say. Is uh, Andre Palak going to put the Devils in the playoffs? I don't know. It's hard to say. Vitek Vanacek is he going to? The Caps love their goaltending so much that they let both dudes walk away for basically nothing. <laughs> so I don't know how much uh, faith should be put in Vitek Vanacek with the Devils and man the Flyers. Godspeed out there. I don't know what to do about the Flyers. That that could be another huge disaster. So, I mean, all told, I mean, how do how do betting sites and bookmakers even look at this division? Because this could literally end up anyway. I mean, if the Blue Jackets won the division, would it really be a surprise? Like, oh yeah, well, it's the Johnny Goudreau effect. Well, I guess I don't know, but like, it's it's a long shot. But I mean, this is a really hard division to to pick. It's crazy. Yeah, I think. Just from a, a betting standpoint, the the I think the Penguins are very overrated. Um, one hundred and one and a half points. That's kind of pricing them. Like they'll get to one hundred two points if everything goes right for them. If everyone stays healthy, and Tristan Jari is good, and then you look at like the, the Hurricanes, kind of similarly. Like they're the, they're the betting favorite in the division, but they got great goaltending from Freddie Anderson, who we all know kind of sometimes just doesn't play um if he's not feeling well and um same with his backup and uh sim- like they got great seasons from a ton of players too and Max Pacioretty's hurt so like the the biggest problem for them was they didn't have that score and they won't have him still because he's got no ACL and then mm. 
Yeah, like <laughs> forgot about the Ra- the Rangers. I think are uh, splitting people kind of in a similar way the Islanders did a couple years ago. Is this team really good, or is it just propped up by uh, goaltending? Let's hope it is just propped up by goaltending. So, <laughs> like, there's the bookmakers are kind of just like hedging their bets among them, and that's why I think the Capitals are actually a really great bet because. Something I was when I was researching for my article that I came across, which blew my mind, uh, that the Capitals have finished first or second in their division in 14 of the last 16 years. Hmm. And last year they finished fourth. So going into last year is 14 out of 15. Um, that's absurd. That's like, crazy. They're just they're just always great in the regular season, and uh, I think that Darcy Kemper is better than people expect, I guess. And so this is this is the low part of the market for the capitals which is why i think they're goodbye at 40 to one or whatever but um the good news about this uh division is that for islanders is they like there is a path mm. uh here like nobody nobody really separated themselves from where like the islanders are <laughs> you if you didn't know the islanders are returning this season with the same almost the same exact <laughs> roster that they had last year except for alexander romanoff right. um and but the rest of the teams like nobody i think the the capitals arguably got best of the teams that they'll be chasing and the rangers went lateral uh the penguins who knows what how many games they're going to get out of their guys the hurricanes i think are still great but went lateral so the, at least like the gap between the islanders and the teams they're chasing shouldn't isn't isn't insurmountable of course they got to fend off the devils who kind of are like the senator's light where everyone's like, right. this, this is probably the year, but we hear it every year. And <laughs> like, come on, the goaltending. Yeah. I, that's what like these modelers and, and people who put these chart merchants, like you can tell who, who thinks goaltending is actually part of hockey and who doesn't <laughs> like, Oh my God, just some random guy. Like you wouldn't believe right. this. Some guy just showed up and he's wearing a mask and pillows on his leg. And mm. uh, he's standing in front of the goal. <laughs> oh god there's another one on the other end of the ice like when yeah that's that's how it goes man like it yeah it's hard to project but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist so but it, you can pretty feel pretty safe in your projection that the devils are less likely to get good goaltending than they are uh to get bad goaltending like it's yeah. gonna probably be bad and same with the blue jackets um i mean it just does one good season from tristan jari make everyone forget that he wasn't good the season before that but I mean, so, like, even if they are a 105 point team, they're still going to lose in the first round. Yeah, every single time, every time. <laughs> it's it's it, nobody. It's another thing nobody brings up. Like, why do I don't get why the Penguins can't get through the first round with this yeah. team? Like, of course you can. The NHL season is a marathon. Like, mm. and these guys are they're they're counting on everybody who they're counting on, except for Jake Gensel is past their prime. <laughs> they're tired. <laughs> like, it's right. that's just how it goes sometimes. But. Mm. uh yeah, so I, I mean, I think I think the Metro is is wide open. The I think the Blue Jackets are are sneaky to be really bad, and the Flyers are going to be terrible. And like the yeah. the, the Flyer, the, this is what's going to happen in my like my super specific prediction for the Metro, uh, or for the teams in the Metro. Flyers finish with the worst record in the NHL. They. But they lose the draft lottery, um, <laughs> and Arizona Arizona gets the the number one pick, and they move Arizona. You know what? I can totally see that happening, and that would be the most Flyers 
thing ever would be to lose. Because, I mean, the last time they lost the draft, you know, the draft lottery, they got Nolan Patrick, who was like apparently on the verge of retirement or yeah, something. So, uh, you know, that would be a very regular thing. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny how I have I have less to say about this division than the other three because yeah. I just don't know. And I just I hate these other teams so much. And I just want my team to be good and I want them to score enough goals. And that's the thing. And, you and, know, and p- people keep talking about the Islanders didn't do much in the offseason. Like the Islanders just running it back. Like every team in this division, except for Carolina and like the, the non-playoff teams are like the Rangers, yeah. they swapped Strome for Chocek. That's really it. <laughs> right. The Penguins. What did the Penguins do? They swapped Jeff Petrie for John Marino. Yeah. Uh, like got Ty they Smith. They resigned like, their guys. Yeah. And they, they resigned their guys. Like yeah. the, the Capitals, they, they added a couple top six. Like every, every, this, this division, every team has had the same core for a long time and they've just been yeah. fighting it out forever. Like it's not yeah. just the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, the Devils, I mean, obviously the Blue Jackets got Goudreau and the Devils changed yeah, a bunch so of the, guys. The, the non playoff like, teams, the non playoff yeah. teams did stuff. Right. Because so. they have to. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, and the, the thing that we've been we've been hammering on for you know at least two episodes now, if not more, is that you know the, the Islanders maybe didn't make changes on the ice, but they don't have a thirteen game road trip. Let's assume that they don't have COVID three times, and let's assume that the league isn't the, the schedule isn't paused four or five times throughout the course of the season, and and things don't go kind of screwy like that. So I mean, all that. How much is that stuff worth? So we'll see. But I just you know I, I just I'm so sick of the Penguins, Hurricanes, and Rangers, to a lesser extent, the Capitals. And I just don't think the Blue Jackets, Devils, and Flyers are that good. So, and we talk about the Islanders all day, every day. So, you know, <laughs> it's like I'm just kind of over over talking about these teams. And, and I'm hoping, that, yeah, you know, like we said with the Rangers too, like, and we said the same thing with the Leafs. Like they had just a historic, incredible season last year, and you're counting on those guys to do that again and then see what happens, you know, so – We'll have to see, but I think I think the the cat is uh, getting out of the bag a little bit with the Rangers, and people are kind of starting to realize mm, maybe maybe they're propped up by goaltending, which is the thing that they complained about the Islanders being for so many years. And now look at it, look at look at how the tables have turned. So there you go. All right, we have been at this for a long time. <laughs> this has been <laughs> a very long episode. Started out with a lot of energy, and uh, I think we're we're winding down. So there you go. Uh, maybe we helped you. Maybe we you know didn't tell you anything you didn't know. But I can promise you that you probably did not know that Nick Bugstad was a coyote, an Arizona coyote before you <laughs> listen to this episode, but now you do. So at least that one thing we can hang on to. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of more days with another episode of Islanders Anxiety when we talk about uh, what the Islanders uh, have done at the end of uh, training camp, uh, who's cut, who's here, what happened. Uh, that'll be next Monday, but we're going to talk Sunday. The episode will go out Monday. And then... Uh, season is right around the corner and then uh right after that episode will be another episode of anxiety and then uh the first episode of weird islanders which will come out on october 21st so don't forget that uh in the meantime read lighthouse Ho- read lighthouse hockey every single day for your most up-to-date islanders news and discussion michael leboff where can everybody find you on twitter uh the bigly basket with two e's follow mike at the bigly basket read his work at action network uh, i'll put the link into his uh his uh season preview in the article check it out it's really cool Maybe you can win some money. It'd be nice. Uh, And uh, we'll be back. Thanks for listening. And uh, we will talk to you again real soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.